Well, of course, we would like to welcome you to another edition of The Jazz Show on CITR FM 101.9 or on your trusty computer, www.citr.ca. And that's how you can uh, access all of our podcasts as as well. If you have um, missed a show and want to check it out, you can uh, always get on to uh, citr.ca and uh, check out our past podcasts, which are all up there on FeedBurner, or go to iTunes, that sort of thing. You can uh, do that very easily and and, uh, go back and check out a special show that you may have missed or an artist that you particularly love and weren't around to uh, catch the show. So there you go. Very simple. My name's Gavin Walker, and of course, this is The Jazz Show. And as usual, our jazz feature is right on top of the show. We have other things to do, uh, of course, after the jazz feature. Uh, Later on this evening, we'll be paying tribute to the late um, British piano great John Taylor, one of my favorites. He passed away on uh, July 18th and a wonderful musician, and it was kind of a shock to everybody. And I talked to someone uh, two days ago who um, had uh, had dinner with John. Uh, they were at a festival over in Europe and uh, uh, chatted, and John seemed fine. But, uh, he, you know, heart attacks, sudden death, that happens. And uh, this great musician, we'll hear some of his uh, music later on in the show. And, uh, of course... Um, whole bunch of other things as well, so we hope that you can uh, stay with us for a while. Our jazz feature this evening is a trombone player from Chicago, Illinois, who is still alive and well. He's 80 years old now, and he uh, was, as I said, he was born in Chicago and was one of the many musicians that went to the great music program at Disable High School in Chicago, which was run by a gentleman named Captain Walter Diet. And it was amazing the amount of musicians that came out of that jazz program, uh, musicians that uh, changed the course of jazz music. Uh, and there were just so many stars. Benny Green, the guy that does our theme song, he's a graduate of Disable High School. Gene Ammons, who's on the same record. He's a graduate. Um, Johnny Griffin, little Johnny Griffin, the, uh, the great tenor saxophonist. Clifford Jordan, Richard Davis. Um, I could run down a whole bunch of names, a whole list of musicians. Uh, it take me about 15 minutes. Uh, <laughs> prominent musicians that graduated from that uh, great music program back in the day. And, uh, of course, nowadays uh, they're struggling to uh, finance uh, even the barest minimums of uh, music programs. Uh, The arts seem to have uh, somehow disappeared from uh, university curricula. Too bad. But uh, that'll be to our own detriment, that's for sure. Anyway, enough of that. Uh, Julian Priester was one of those musicians, and, of course, he developed very quickly on the trombone. And... His first major employer in Chicago was the legendary and iconoclastic band leader from Saturn, Sun Ra. 
and Julian worked with Sun Ra for several years and made his first appearances on records as a member of Sun Ra's organization. Uh, it wasn't long after that that uh, he got an opportunity to join Lionel Hampton's band, and he did, and that took him to New York City. He also worked with the great legendary singer Dinah Washington, and because Julian was in New York and being heard and playing at sessions and so on and so forth, he got a chance to record on a very famous uh, album by drummer Philly Joe Jones, and the, the album is called Blues for Dracula, and uh, Julian is one of the three horn players on that date. And because of that record date, Julian was heard by drummer Max Roach, who was looking for a trombonist, and Julian got the nod and joined Max Roach's group for several years. He, of course, went on later to work with Duke Ellington. He was a member of one of Herbie Hancock's most prestigious bands, the Mwandishi Band, one of the most adventurous bands. I love that band. Uh, as a matter of fact, we're going to play some of their music on a jazz feature down the road because I think that was a very, very important band um, and an important period in Herbie Hancock's career. Julian was a part of that. And, of course, he's gone on, he went on to uh, teach for many years. He was a professor of trombone, music theory, and all that kind of stuff at, um, in Seattle. At, uh, oh, <laughs> the name of the college escapes me, but I'll, I'll, uh, I'll tell you. Uh, Cornish, the Cornish Institute in Seattle. And, of course, Julian was a big part of that. And uh, an extremely nice man. Um, this album goes back to January of 1960, and Julian was signed a sh short-term contract by Orrin Keep News, who owned Riverside Records, and he had heard Julian on a couple of, as a sideman, and was impressed and gave him the opportunity, his first opportunity to record as a leader, and said, you can pick anybody you want. Um, Orrin was, uh, let the musicians decide. And he took a liking to Julian Priester, too. Uh, Oren Keepnews himself told me that Julian worked in the office. And uh, there's a whole bunch of stories <laughs> that I, I'm not going to get into tonight um, of Julian working uh, in, in, in the office and, uh, um, of Riverside Records and uh, some of the shenanigans that were going on, which he was not a part of. Um, <laughs> but uh, uh, both Julian and Oren Keepnews told me the same story about a specific musician, which is uh, quite hilarious, but we won't get into that right now. Anyway, uh, Oren Keepnews did give Julian the opportunity to record his first album and the freedom to pick anybody he wanted. Julian picked uh, as his sidekick on the front line the redoubtable Jimmy Heath, who was just here in Vancouver. Jimmy is still with us, too. He's 88 years old and uh, delivered big time at this year's Jazz Festival. Quite a legend, little Jimmy Heath. And uh, he is featured here on tenor saxophone along with Julian on trombone. Uh, Jimmy's not on every track, but he did compose the opening track, and um, that is uh, an incredible piece of music. In the rhythm section, the poet of the piano, one of the most 
wonderful musician with, with such a beautiful touch on the piano, Tommy Flanagan. And on bass, none other than the great Sam Jones. And on drums, another Jones, unrelated to Sam, but a member of the famous Jones family from Detroit, and I'm talking about the youngest member of that family. It was Hank Jones, the eldest, Thad Jones, the middle brother, and Elvin Jones. And, of course, Elvin went on to great fame playing with John Coltrane. Anyway, Elvin Jones is on drums here. The tunes are all pretty straightforward, and this is a great album. It came out, the title of the album is called Keep Swingin', Julian Priester. And we have um, tunes. The first tune was written and arranged by Jimmy Heath, and uh, it's a perfect opener for this set. The tune is called 24-Hour Leave, and... um, There's an underlying meaning to uh, all of that, but we won't get into that either. But uh, Jimmy wrote that tune, and it's his only composition on this date. The tune number two is written by um, Mr. Priester himself, and it's called The End. But it's only tune number two. Uh, Jimmy Heath is not heard on tune number three, and it was written by another graduate of DuSable High School, a wonderful baritone saxophonist who is still with us, named Charles Davis. And I guess this is an address of some sort, but the tune title is 1239A, written by Charles Davis. And uh, that's the quartet side without Jimmy Heath. Um, Jimmy returns. No, he stays. Yes, he returns for the next tune, which is an old standard that uh, everybody knows, Uh, by Lewis and Klenner called Just Friends. And then we get to um, a tune, another tune where Jimmy Heath does not play, and that's a Julian Priester composition called Bob T's Blues. And then tune number six, um, Jimmy comes back for another uh, Julian Priester original called Under the Surface. Then we go to a ballad, a beautiful ballad, written by Johnny Green, And the tune is called Once in a While. And the final tune, uh, Jimmy Heath, again, is is absent. It's just a quartet tune, and it's got a very simple title. It's called Julian's Tune, written by Julian Priester. So we're going to begin our jazz feature with trombonist Julian Priester. Jimmy Heath on tenor saxophone on the tracks that I mentioned. Tommy Flanagan at the piano, Sam Jones on bass, and Elvin Jones on drums. And I hope you enjoy our jazz feature this evening, the music of Julian Priester. (音楽) ¶¶ 
Thank <laughs> you. 
Our jazz feature this evening, the music of trombonist Julian Priester. And uh, Julian is still very much with us. He's uh, 80 years old, and uh, I uh, enjoyed many uh, hours spending uh, chatting with, uh, with Julian about uh, over the years about all kinds of stuff. What a really nice man. And a tremendous trombone player. And I, I think to this day, he's one of the underrated masters of the trombone. And uh, he is still writing, still playing, and it's wonderful that he's still with us. Uh, he's been through some serious illness in the last few years, but he's uh, recovered from that. And uh, he's still a vital force in jazz music and one of the most respected um, trombonists on the scene. This was his very first album under his own name, and it goes back to January 1960 in New York City. And um, Oren Keep News, the redoubtable owner of Riverside Records, took a great liking to uh, Julian and uh, realized he was uh, in the presence of a, a very serious and uh, very dedicated young man, also very clean living as well. And uh, Oren Keepnews admired that. And uh, so he offered uh, Julian uh, a couple of record dates for, uh, for Riverside Records. And this was Julian's first under his own name. The album came out, and it was called Keep Swingin'. And uh, again, it's a, a really fine date. It got a, I remember reading a, a review of the album in, in Downbeat Magazine when it came out. They gave it four out of five stars, which is a very nice rating especially for a debut album. And uh, it's very consistent and excellent music, and I certainly hope you uh, enjoyed listening to the sounds of Julian Priester on trombone, who led on tenor saxophone the redoubtable Jimmy Heath. And uh, Jimmy didn't appear on all of the tunes, but when you heard a tenor saxophone, that's who it was. And, of course, Jimmy was here uh, this summer, um, at a concert produced by Corey Weeds. I uh, played for a couple of nights down at the Pyatt Hall and was just wonderful to see this 88-year-old man uh, deliver on the tenor saxophone with such joy and uh, happiness. And, of course, Jimmy Heath is one of the true giants of uh, modern jazz music, and we heard him here in, uh, in prime form on tenor saxophone. Julian was allowed to uh, pick all, all of the musicians on the date, and he chose very wisely Tommy Flanagan. The poet of the piano was heard, 
And of course, the bass is one of the most important things in this type of jazz group. And who better than Sam Jones to uh, keep that bottom happening so beautifully? And on drums, most adventurous, one of the most adventurous of all drummers from Detroit, no relation to Sam, but from the great Detroit Jones family, Elvin Jones on drums. And we heard eight tunes on this album, uh, opening with um, a great tw uh, 12-bar blues written by Jimmy Heath for this date, and it's called 24-Hour Leave, and that opened the set. The second tune was an original by Julian Priester called The End. Tune number three was written by a fellow Chicagoan, Charles Davis, and uh, the tune was called 1239A. All right, then we move from there to a standard tune, which everybody knows, called Just Friends. Very popular at jam sessions and played by the full quintet. Then um, Jimmy Heath stayed out for the next tune, kind of a down-home blues by Julian entitled Bob T's Blues. Then we heard another Julian uh, Priester original called Under the Surface. Then we moved to a beautiful ballad. And, of course, that was a loving rendition of a Johnny Green standard called Once in a While. And the final tune, featuring uh, some exchanges between Julian and drummer Elvin Jones, a tune called simply Julian's Tune, and that closed the set. So I hope you enjoyed that uh, album. As I said, it came out on Riverside Records and recorded January 11th, 1960, in New York City. And, of course, Julian went on to a great career as a sideman, worked with Duke Ellington, and eventually became a charter member of a brand new band that uh, Herbie Hancock formed called the Mwandishi Band, and that was one of the most important fusion bands. And uh, we're going to hear, uh, we're going to do a jazz feature on that particular band uh, sometime in the fall, because it's uh, really, really an important band. And I was talking with Julian about that band, and... Um, recently, and uh, he, he has great memories of uh, working with that band. He was the most important member, of course. So we'll be doing that uh, down the road. Meanwhile, we're going to um, deliver a couple of messages to you, and we're going to come back with something uh, very special. It's kind of a sequel to last week's jazz feature, which was the music of guitarist Jimmy Rainey. And uh, the next musical segment is going to feature Jimmy Rainey. But uh, it, there's a story connected with this, and uh, it's a wonderful album, and we're going to hear it in its entirety um, right after these messages. So I'd just like to remind you that you are listening to The Jazz Show on CITR FM 101.9 or on your computer, www.citr.ca. My name's Gavin Walker, and we shall return. Or as Arnold Schwarzenegger says, I'll be back. Understand more about fashion. We asked CITR student executive and fashion expert, Jonathan Q, what fashion means to him. Like, it's just aesthetically something that's so ostentatious. Typically, typically. I mean, because of course, I mean, it's also, you know, I mean, uh, when, when you say fashion, I think people are talking explicitly about uh, consumerism as opposed to someone who buys, like, uh, like you know, let's say you know, someone buys a clothing piece, 
If you really want to know more about fashion, come on down to CITR in the Student Union Building of UBC and pick up some of our merchandise à la mode. Nous avons t-shirts, sweatshirts, socks, and coffee mugs. But it's also very aesthetically gripping. To keep you styling in support of the station you love. Isn't that right, Jonathan? Well, actually, is it? Because, I mean, you know, I was going to say because of the cultural vacuum that we exist within, but then, you know, uh, really, fashion today is kind of derived from the European idea of couture, and that's been around for centuries. You're listening to CITR 101.9, broadcasting from UBC's Point Grey campus, located on the traditional, unceded, Coast Salish territory of the Hunkaminam-speaking Musqueam people. Jimmy Rainey was our jazz feature artist last week, and I consider Jimmy one of the more uh, underrated uh guitar giants and um, interestingly enough um, Jimmy of course went through a couple of big bands but he really became prominent when he was part of a working band by tenor saxophonist Stan Getz who in the early 50s was uh, beginning his long career as an individual uh, artist and performing under his own name. Stan Getz became, of course, the voice of the tenor saxophone during those years. And interestingly enough, although Stan was a a Caucasian musician of of, uh, Ukrainian-Jewish extraction, you know, the the racial climate, jazz has become a little politicized these days, um, and some strange things happening. But then again, this is our society. Back in the early 50s, um, Stan Getz had a huge audience of uh, African Americans who came out to hear him. Nowadays, the audience would, uh, Afri- a- if African Americans were interested, they usually go see Afri- African American artists. But uh, back in the 50s, um, a musician like Stan Getz um, was able to uh, uh, draw in nightclubs. Um, I guess I would say maybe 80% of the audience, his audience, would be African-American. Um, and so that's how jazz was happening back in those days. It really didn't matter who played it as long as they played it uh, on a very high caliber. And, of course, Stan Getz um, became one of the most prominent of all tenor saxophonists uh, at that time. So this is a, a bit of a Get story, and it's a bit of a Jimmy Rainey story as well. Jimmy Rainey became part of Stan Getz's working band, and we're actually going to um, feature that band uh, in a whole series of live recordings that they did that are absolute classics, and we're going to do a jazz feature on that somewhere down the line. But what happened was that uh, Stan Getz's... Um, musicianship was without question, but his lifestyle really upset Jimmy Rainey, who was um, from Louisville, Louisville, Kentucky, and fairly straight-laced. Stan was uh, very much a hedonist, um, but he he had sort of multiple personalities as as well. Um, Stan, of course, at the time was uh, also uh, heavily addicted to drugs, but you would never know it 
because he always was on time for his gigs, he was always well-dressed, and always played beautifully. There was no falling off the bandstand or inconsistent performances with Stan Getz. Uh, that was what was so marvelous. And he looked, he was such a handsome man in those uh, early days that, of course, he attracted scads of uh, female admirers. But he also, <laughs> he, he looked so good. He looked as though he just stepped out of a board meeting from, uh, uh, in some huge uh, uh, company. Uh, he looked like an executive, uh, all dressed up in his suit and, and beautifully dressed and tailored suit and uh, his clear blue eyes. One would never know from looking or listening to Stan uh, how chaotic his personal life was. But, of course, the musicians knew. And Jimmy Rainey um, was rather upset uh, with, with Stan and, and, his, uh, and his lifestyle. And finally um, gave his notice. And Stan was very upset. And um, uh, Jimmy said, no, I just can't take it anymore. You know, I see what you're doing to yourself. I see what you're doing to your, to your wife uh, with all these, all these women, all this kind of stuff. It just upsets me. I can't, I can't take it. The music is great. I love it. But I can't take all other stuff. And so he left. And um, that was, appeared to be about the end of uh, the relationship between Jimmy Rainey and Stan Getz. Well, a few months later, in 1953, uh, Jimmy was already working with another band, and, but he got an opportunity to record for Prestige Records under his own name. And he uh, was able to pick the, um, the people in the band. Also, he wrote three of the four tunes uh, that we're going to hear from this uh, recording session. And he had Stan Getz in mind. He couldn't get Stan's sound out of, out of his head, and he decided to pick up the phone, even though they hadn't talked, and he left on kind of uh, uh, uncomfortable terms. He decided to phone Stan, and he said, Stan, um, and they had a, a reunion on the phone, and Stan was so moved by this because he loved Jimmy Rainey's playing. Uh, Stan was actually moved to tears when, when, when Jimmy Rainey asked him to do the record date. And Stan said, yes, I'll be there. I'll rehearse. I'll do anything. And um, Jimmy said, well, that's, that's great. But Stan said, there is a problem. And, and um, Jimmy said, well, what's that? And Stan said, well, I've signed with Norman Grants, uh, the great impresario, and I cannot record for anyone else except Norman. And, of course, you know, Prestige Records isn't run by Norman. And so Jimmy said, well, um, uh, I think there's a solution to this. Why don't you just come in um, under a pseudonym? Just make one up. And um, everybody's going to know it's you anyway as soon as they hear two notes from, from the saxophone. And Stan said, great. I just came back from a short tour of Sweden. I've fallen in love with the country. I've got a great name that I can, I can a pseudonym that I can use. And Jimmy says, what's that? And, he sa and Stan said, Svend Coulson. So the original record of, this, of these four tunes came out with all the people involved on the record date, and the tenor saxophone 
is by Sven Coulson, <laughs> a.k.a. Stan Getz. All right, so that's, that's the, a little bit of the story here. Um, these four tunes were recorded April 23, 1953, and um, a very important date for Jimmy Raining. And Jimmy is the leader on guitar. He picked a, a wonderful piano player named Hall Overton, who later on became associated with Thelonious Monk. He orchestrated a lot of Monk's music. Um, on bass, Charles Mingus's favorite bass player, Red Mitchell. And on drums, a gentleman who um, actually was Stan Getz's regular drummer at the time, uh, but Jimmy loved his playing, Frank Izola on drums from, from Detroit. And, of course, Sven Coulson on tenor saxophone, a.k.a. Stan Getz. So we're going to hear four tunes, uh, the four tunes that they recorded. Um, three of the tunes are Jimmy Rainey originals. So tune number one is entitled Signal. Tune number two was actually dedicated to uh, Lee Konitz, the great alto saxophonist, and it's called Lee. Tune number three is one of the most beautiful outside of Thelonious Monk and Miles Davis's version of Round Midnight. This is one of my all-time favorite interpretations of that tune by this band. And, of course, you're, you're going to hear Thelonious Monk's most famous tune, Round About Midnight. And the final tune is a Jimmy Rainey original entitled Motion. So here, then, is the session in its complete form, led by Jimmy Rainey and featuring Sven Coulson on tenor saxophone.
Jimmy Rennie with, of course, Sven Coulson on tenor saxophone, Stan Getz, and all the rest of the uh, musicians in the band, Hall Overton on piano, uh, the great Red Mitchell on bass, and Frank Azola on drums. And that was a session led by Jimmy Rennie, and it was a, um, a reunion, a musical reunion between uh, his former boss, Stan Getz, and Jimmy Rainey. And Stan was only too pleased to do this date. And of course, uh, it, it, he was the only one, <laughs> really. Uh, and the sound of that date, and it, it is a classic date. It was done for Prestige Records in April of 1953. 
and we heard three Jimmy Rainey compositions and one by Thelonious Monk. The compositions, uh, the first two tunes were called Signal, the second one was called Lee, and then of course we heard this uh, beautiful rendition of Thelonious Monk's Round Midnight. And the final tune was uh, another Jimmy Rainey original based on a standard, and um, it was called Motion. And uh, the standard uh, is a great tune called You Stepped Out of a Dream, and that's what that tune was, uh, was actually based on. All right, all recorded in New York City, and uh, this classic date, certainly hope you enjoyed it in its completion. And uh, some great sounds by, uh, by Stan Getz, who was at one of his early peaks in, uh, in those days, um, sounding just so, uh, so beautiful with his immaculate uh, flow and uh, sound and everything else. And it's no wonder that he was considered to be the most prominent voice at the time of the tenor saxophone. And this is before... People like Coltrane or Sonny Rollins and so on and so forth made, had made any real headway on the, uh, on the jazz scene. Stan Getz was held as the standard for uh, tenor saxophone playing in those days. And, of course, he uh, maintained that throughout his career right up to his death in 1990. You are listening to The Jazz Show on CITR FM 101.9 or on your computer, www.citr.ca. My name's Gavin Walker, and we have a couple of messages for you, and we'll be right back with some more music by the redoubtable James Moody, who plays uh, both alto and tenor saxophone, and uh, we're also going to hear some vocals by the one and only Eddie Jefferson, all recorded at the Jazz Workshop in San Francisco, and your host, was there in the summer of 1961. I was in the audience and um, watched all this go down. So we're going to listen to that, uh, some stuff from there in a few moments. We'll be right back. Whoever said money can't buy you friends obviously wasn't a member at CITR. When you become a member, you get the Friends of CITR card with incredible discounts in the UBC and Kitsilano area at Australian Boot Company, Banyan Books and Sound, The Bike Kitchen, The Cove, Dantry's Pub, Displace Hashery, Limelight Video, The Eatery, Fresh's Best Salsa, Gargoyle's Bar and Grill, Lotus Land Tattoo, Nuba Kitsilano, Prussian Music, Rufus's Guitar Shop, and the UBC Bookstore. To find out more, visit us in room 233 of the sub on the UBC campus or go online to citr.ca. the classics with a twist. Join me, Marguerite, with Classical Chaos Sunday mornings starting at 9, right here on CITR 101.9 FM, Vancouver, Canada.
Well, <laughs> our, our weather. Yeah, that's a subject of uh, controversy. And, of course, uh, you know, the water restrictions kicking in and all that kind of stuff. Usually none of that happens till the end of the summer, but we're certainly getting it early this year. Uh, tonight is going to be clear and then increasing cloud overnight. And there's still going to be quite a bit of wind around, but it's going to go down to a nice uh, cool 15 degrees. And then tomorrow is going to be cloudy um, with even a 30% chance of a very light shower uh, in the morning. And then it's going to clear in the afternoon with a low of 15, high of 22. Then uh, Wednesday is Wednesday and Thursday uh, are both a mix of sun and cloud with uh, lows between 14 and 15 and highs between 21 and 23. Uh, then Friday is cloudy, both Friday and Saturday. Uh, they're calling for simply cloudy, um, nothing else, no precipitation, uh, with a low of 14 and a high of 21 or 22 for Friday and Saturday. So that's it. That's the, uh, that's the weather forecast for the week and the weekend. So we're going to return to the jazz workshop, the summer of 1961. And uh, the reason I was there, not that I didn't want to hear this band, I would have I gone anyway, but I had a very good friend of mine who um, actually will hear a bit of the band, but uh, one of my best friends in this world was a baritone, saxophonist, flutist, um, wonderful musician who, who should be better known. His name was Musa Kalim. And... Um, Musa, uh, I was his, his guest, so it didn't cost me anything to get into the club, and I met everybody in the band, um, people I hadn't met before, and he was working with James Moody's band. So when the full band uh, was on stage, um, then that was it. But uh, when, um, when James, was, uh, James Moody was playing just with uh, piano, bass, and drums, then we sat in the audience and uh, marveled at the amazing um, saxophone work of uh, the leader, James Moody, of course, who's one of the giants of the tenor and the alto saxophone. And um, it is very interesting because uh, the first tune we're going to hear, uh, I remember Musa just saying, you know, James is, uh, is going to play, or uh, James is going to play this tune in the key of E, which, of, of course, is, is kind of a rock and roll key. It's, it's uh, the guitar players used. But the key of E on the alto saxophone puts you, puts you in the key of C sharp. And it is a most difficult key to play in. So that's kind of technical talk. But the fact is, James Moody plays fluently in any key. Usually, someone, if you call uh, uh, a tune in the key of E um, for a horn player, he, he, he'd be struggling along with this one. But James Moody just plays it like, <laughs> like nothing. And that's the first tune we're going to hear. It's James Moody just with the uh, rhythm section, which comprised of uh, Sonny Donaldson on piano, really fine piano player, uh, Steve Davis on bass, who um, had been formerly playing with John Coltrane, and a wonderful drummer named Arnold Enlow, Buddy Enlow on drums, who was uh, a student of Philly Joe Jones's, and, um, and James Moody on alto saxophone. Then we're going to turn things over to the full band and the vocal stylings of one of Moody's best friends, and he always featured him with the band, 
vocalist Eddie Jefferson, and he's going to do three tunes for you. Um, he composed the words to the first tune. It's called Disappointed, and uh, this, um, the tune is based on a very famous Charlie Parker solo, and Eddie Jefferson put the words to, to the, the notes of the solo. The second tune is a Horace Silver composition called Sister Sadie, and uh, again, uh, Eddie Jefferson wrote the words to that tune. And the final tune is a very famous James Moody tune that he put on the map, and it's called, uh, the tune is I'm in the Mood for Love, but he called it Moody's Mood for Love, and Eddie Jefferson is going to do the vocal version of that tune. So, and uh, the other people involved in the band that are not heard on the first tune, but will be heard, um, the sidemen will be heard on the second tune, uh, Howard McGee on trumpet, um, Bernard McKinney on trombone, um, and my friend Musa Kalim on baritone saxophone uh, is in the rest of the band. And then the rhythm section are the people that I mentioned, Sonny Donaldson on piano, Steve Davis on bass, and Buddy Enlow on drums. So we're going to start with the, this tune in the key of E. Damn, that's hard for the alto saxophone, believe me. And this tune is called The Jazz Twist. James Moody. Thank you. 
I got in trouble feeling around with a pretty woman. She said that she was all alone and that I could come by her home. She went out to lunch with me. And a couple of times I took her out to see a movie or two. And never ever thinking that she would do that to me. Every morning, yes, every evening, I used to call her on the phone and tell her just how much I wanted her so. And there was no mistake, my heart would surely break if she should ever say goodbye. My why? I thought I'd die, I could not survive without her tender caress and her sweet loveliness. I'm a fool, I confess. I'm telling you that she just left one evening. The woman didn't even say she's leaving. I went by a house to take her to a dance where we're gonna have a steak when I knocked up on the door. There wasn't no answer. Lord, in the morning, don't you know? I'd never ever thought about her standing around and waiting just halfway out of town. I figured maybe she'd go up to the store to get a couple things she needed because she'd not wait around. I said, I'm not instead of smoking a cigarette. I just knew that she'd be back in plenty of time. The first thing I knew, an hour, then two, and then three went by. All my cigarettes were gone, and I was wondering to myself, what in the world has happened? When a lady from next door came up to me and said, I know you're the fella that's been coming around. I don't know how this is gonna sound. But Virginia's out of town, she told me to tell you that she won't be back. She's gone off with a lover to get married. Why in the world is she doing? I could've did oh so much for her. Oh well, I guess there is no use to thinking about it. I got myself a new girl and she swears that she's mine. That song was disappointed, yes, indeed. Just to say, it was a mean chick, and she thought that she was real slick. And she ran into Alfonso Brown. She hasn't been the same since Alfonso put her down. Just to say, it was a honey, always had a lot of money. She ran into Alfonso Brown. She hasn't been the same since Alfonso put her down. She just plays around the floor. She don't have any mind no more. She just stands in the empty space with a frown on her face. Sister Sadie never worried. Sister Sadie never hurried. Then she ran into Alfonso Brown. She hasn't been the same since Alfonso put her down. Well, good, good for you. Well, good for you. At last you got what you've been begging for, girl. You've been going round, picking on other women's fellows. But when you got one of your own, I thought you had the sense to be cool, Sadie. I don't mean no harm. I'm just trying to tell you the facts of life, because I've been through it, baby. And I know that this ain't no joke matter. You can bet your sweet life. I'm telling you just like I tell my daughter. Listen to me, Sadie, girl, you oughta. You oughta quit your evil doing the way you say you did. I 
wish that you'd be cool and fine and take some advice. Now I have told you once or twice the things you're doing are not nice. I say the clock's been going around and you've been dragging yourself. Now if you want to act a fool, why don't you go somewhere else, girl? She's just placed around the floor. She don't have any mind no more. She just has the empty space with a frown on her face. Sadie was a honey, always had a lot of money, and she ran into Alfonso Brown. She hasn't been the same since Alfonso put her down. She just paces around the floor. She don't have any mind no more. There I go, there I go, there I go, there I go. Pretty baby, you are the soul that snaps my control. Such a funny thing, but every time you're near me, I never can behave. You give me a smile and then I'm wrapped up in your magic. There's music all around me, crazy music. Music that keeps calling me so very close to you turns me your slave. Come and do with me any little thing you want to. Anything, baby, just let me get next to you. Am I insane or do I really see heaven in your eyes? Bright as stars that shine up above there in the clear blue sky. How I worry about you, just can't live my life without you, baby, come here. Don't have no fear, oh, is there wonder why? I'm really feeling in the mood for love. And tell me why I stop to think about this weather, my dear. This little dream might fade away. There I go a talking out of my head. You know, baby, won't you come and put our two hearts together? That would make me strong and brave. Ooh, when we are one, I'm not afraid. I'm not afraid if there's a cloud up above us. Go out and let it rain. I'm sure our love together can endure a hurricane. Oh, my baby, won't you let me love you? Get a relief from this awful misery. What is all this talk about loving me? My sweet, I am not afraid. Not anymore, not like before. Can't you understand me now, baby? Please pull yourself together. Do it soon. My soul's on fire. Come on and take me. I'll be what you make me, my darling, my dear. Oh, baby, you made me feel so good. Let me take you by the hand. Come, let us visit out there in that new promised land. Maybe there we can find a true place to keep our lovely state of mind. I am so tired of being without love. Never know what love's about. 
Sakamuri, come on in, man. You can blow a knife if you want to. I'm
Yes, that was James Moody. We gave you an extra tune on that just to kind of close the set. Recorded um, during the summer of 1961, I was there uh, at the Jazz Workshop in San Francisco. I was the guest of uh, the baritone saxophonist in the band, Musa Kalim. And um, we heard um, the band backing vocalist Eddie Jefferson, the full band, but uh, on the two tunes featuring James Moody, uh, it was just a quartet. And um, the quartet consisted of, on the first tune called the Jazz Twist, and uh, as I said, that's in the very difficult key of E for the alto saxophone. Uh, That's a tough one, and James just plays it like it's uh, the easiest key in the world. And um, James on alto saxophone was Sonny Donaldson on piano, Steve Davis on bass, and Buddy Endlow on drums. The Jazz Twist was the opener. Then Eddie Jefferson was brought to the stage, and he did his um, tune based on a Charlie Parker uh, solo with his own words called Disappointed. Told a little story there. And then uh, he followed that up with his own words to Horace Silver's famous tune, Sister Sadie. And he was backed by the full band. And the third uh, feature tune with Eddie Jefferson was the very famous Moody's Mood for Love. Uh, James Moody's variations on the old standard, I'm in the Mood for Love. And then we closed with um, a tenor saxophone quartet uh, performance by James, again in a very difficult key. Uh, it's the key of E again, but it puts the tenor saxophone in a, in a very difficult key um, as well. And that was a tune called Bunny Boo. So there you go. Four tunes recorded at the San Francisco's legendary jazz workshop, one of the finest. Uh, well, it certainly didn't look like one of the finest clubs, but it was um, really in the daytime. <laughs> oh, the jazz workshop was pretty grungy looking, but at night somehow there was a there was such a great atmosphere and, and a, an electric atmosphere in that in that place down on North Beach, of course. And um, great, one of the great jazz clubs of the world at the time, the Jazz Workshop, run by a guy named Art Auerbach. And um, I was there um, in the summer of 1961 and witnessed uh, this uh, record date. So there you go, James Moody, the legendary and wonderful uh, voice of the alto and tenor saxophone great band leader, James Moody. You are listening to The Jazz Show on CITR-FM 101.9 or on your computer, www.citr.ca. My name's Gavin Walker, and uh, a few things we'd like to mention. One, one or two websites. One of them, of course, is the website of the Coastal Jazz and Blues Society, and uh, they have, um, they're going to have a bunch of stuff coming up uh, in the fall. And, of course, um, they never sleep. They're planning next year's jazz festival, and it'll be a blockbuster, believe me. And it'll be their 31st year next year. Amazing. Uh, and they did such a great job this year, so we have to take our hats off to the folks that put together the jazz festival. And, of course, the summer is progressing as, uh, as it is, and um, there'll be more music in the fall produced by the Coastal Jazz and Blues Society. But get on their website. It's a good one, coastaljazz.ca. And the other website I always mention, of course, is uh, put together by my good friend Brian Nation. 
He has been um, ailing lately with um, a couple of health problems, and we are we have our fingers crossed for a quick and um, full recovery from uh, from Brian. Um, but the website is still up there. Uh, it's all happening, and it's one of the most comprehensive websites. It's VancouverJazz.com. That's VancouverJazz.com. There's all kinds of links on there. You can find our podcasts on there, too. Go to the homepage, scroll down, you'll see The Jazz Show, Gavin Walker Podcasts. And uh, all of our recent podcasts are up there, and you can access them, uh, as I mentioned at the uh, top of the show. VancouverJazz.com. And, of course, I uh, always never fail to mention my friend Ken Speller, Mr. Speller is a music teacher. Um, he actually, if, um, if you want to have lessons on uh, woodwind instruments, flute, clarinet, saxophone, um, Ken's the guy to call. He'll, he'll come to your house and give you lessons. That's what he does. Um, music at home, it's called. And uh, he, um, he shows up, teaches you, and uh, you practice. He comes back the next week and listens to you. And, <laughs> you know, that's how music lessons are done. But he's a really good teacher, but also he's an excellent repairman. And this is something he loves to do. He has his own repair shop in his home, self-contained, so he keeps his costs to a minimum. And instruments like clarinets, flutes, saxophones, they need uh, overhauling. They need maintenance, even a tweak. And he's the guy to do it, and uh, he will not charge you an arm and a leg. So he is available. This is his phone number, 778 800 or you can reach him via email, which is kspeller underscore 14 at yahoo.ca. K-S-P-E-L-L-E-R, all one word, underscore 14 at yahoo.ca. John Taylor is a gentleman we're going to pay tribute to. He just passed away. He was born in Manchester, England, 25th of September, 1942, and passed away the 18th of July, just a few days ago, and was uh, quite a shock to everyone. He was 72 years old. And John Taylor is one of the most amazing pianists you could ever hear. He also plays the organ, a synthesizer. He's a composer. Uh, he's done so much. He really is one of the finest um, pianists to emerge from England. And uh, we're going to hear some music that John Taylor was involved in. One of the bands that he uh, was involved in was with his ex-wife now his ex-wife, but they were married at the time, and I'm talking about singer Norma Winston. And Norma Winston and John Taylor were man and wife at the time, and uh, they formed this band called Azimuth, and it featured uh, Norma on vocals, uh, John on piano, and Kenny Wheeler on trumpet. And this is kind of an interesting performance uh, with Azimuth, not to be confused with the Latin band uh, with the same name. This is, this is quite uh, a different kind of uh, musical uh, territory that uh, this group um, negotiated. And the guest on here is someone who is very sympathetic to their music, 
I'm talking about acoustic guitarist Ralph Towner. And um, he adds to the sound of uh, Azimuth, and uh, he's a perfect addition to the band. This was recorded many years ago at the um, Edmonton Jazz Festival, one of the first jazz festivals in Canada, as a matter of fact. And uh, I was in attendance at this concert. I, I thought it was just just lovely. And we're going to hear... Um, a John Taylor composition. This is our, our first tribute to John. We're going to do some more music with, that John was involved in. Um, this is a piece of music called The Longest Day. So this is Azimuth plus Ralph Towner. And Azimuth again, Norma Winstone on vocal, John Taylor on piano, Kenny Wheeler, the late great Kenny Wheeler on trumpet, born here in Canada, and um, guest Ralph Towner on guitar, The Longest Day.
Thank you very much. That was the group Azimuth, of which uh, pianist John Taylor was uh, a big part of. That was his composition as well, entitled The Longest Day. And uh, the people involved there, I mentioned Norma Winstone, who was uh, at the time Mrs. John Taylor, and Kenny Wheeler on trumpet, someone that uh, John Taylor associated with musically um, for many, many years. And uh, the guest artist on there was uh, um, 12-string guitarist Ralph Towner. Perfect addition to, uh, to this band, Azimuth, The Longest Day. Recorded at the uh, Edmonton Jazz Festival back in 1980. We're going to turn now to um, John Taylor and Kenny Wheeler once again, but this time under the leadership of Kenny Wheeler. This is an album, uh, a favorite of mine by by Kenny, and some great playing by John Taylor on here. Uh, Kenny Wheeler, the album is called Double W. And we're going to hear two tunes uh, from here, both uh, Kenny Wheeler compositions. The first one is a duet between Kenny Wheeler on trumpet and John Taylor on piano. And it's kind of a spontaneous thing. It's called Ma Bell, and um, M-A-B-E-L, whatever that means. <laughs> I don't think it means Ma Bell, the, uh, you know, uh, Bell Telephone, uh, something else. Anyway, that's it, Ma Bell. And it's a spontaneous duet between Mr. Wheeler and Mr. Taylor. And the second tune involves the full band, um, and it's a long, it's a suite of three uh, Kenny Wheeler compositions, and it features some wonderful playing uh, from uh, John Taylor and the rest of the people involved. Uh, Kenny on trumpet and flugelhorn, the legendary Michael Brecker on tenor saxophone, John Taylor, of course, on piano, Dave Holland on bass, and Jack DeJanette on drums. So we begin with Matt Bell, and then the next uh, trio of tunes all segue together, three for Dreen, uh, Blue for Lou, and Mark Time all compositions by the great Canadian-born trumpeter Kenny Wheeler. So we begin with this duet performance, Kenny Wheeler and John Taylor.
Wow, powerful piece of music by Kenny Wheeler from this great album that was uh, recorded in 1983 in New York City. Kenny Wheeler leading this uh, incredible ensemble. The album was called Double Double U, and it featured, this is, um, we've been paying tribute to the great pianist John Taylor, who is in a very important part of this uh, music and this ensemble. Kenny Wheeler is heard on trumpet and flugelhorn. Michael Brecker, amazing, on tenor saxophone, the late, great Michael Brecker. John Taylor on piano, the gentleman we're paying tribute to. David Holland on bass and Jack DeJanette on drums. We heard two compositions by Kenny Wheeler. Um, actually, four um, the first one was a duet uh, with John Taylor and Kenny Wheeler called Ma Bell. And then we heard um, a trio of Kenny Wheeler compositions uh, played by this um, gr- incredible band. Um, three for Dreen, Blue for Lou, and Mark Time, all compositions by Mr. Wheeler. And, of course, this has been our tribute to the great late pianist John Taylor, who passed away July 18th at uh, age 72. He had just finished playing a jazz festival. He suffered a heart attack and uh, was resuscitated, but on the way to the hospital, he passed away. And uh, this great British pianist is no more. But he recorded prolifically in so many bands, and uh, we've just done a tribute, a small tribute, to, uh, to John Taylor and his um, amazing pianistics. Hope you enjoyed that music. You are listening to The Jazz Show on CITR FM 101.9 or on your computer, www.citr.ca. My name's Gavin Walker, and we've got uh, more music to play for you. We're going to change the pace now. We're actually going to play a piano trio. Um, this is led by a friend of mine who was the son of vibraphonist Terry Gibbs. This is led by Jerry Gibbs, who is an extremely fine drummer. And um, he put together this, this incredible trio comprising of one of the finest living pianists today, Kenny Barron. And on bass, one of the finest living bassists today the legendary Ron Carter. So what a trio, Kenny Barron, Ron Carter, and Jerry Gibbs. And they call themselves the Thrasher Dream Trio. They've recorded a couple of CDs. This is one of them. We're going to play uh, three tunes from this uh, CD. And the first tune is a Thelonious Monk composition. Actually, Thelonious Monk and Kenny Clark wrote this tune. And it's called Epistrophe. And this was a, a tune that uh, Thelonious used as his uh, theme song for many, many years. The second tune is uh, associated with the, uh, with the Fifth Dimension and, and several other pop, uh, pop groups. Great tune. It's called Promises, Promises. I believe it was written by Burt Backrack, but I'll, I'll have to verify that. Third tune is written by, and I know the composer of the third tune, Herbie Hancock and one of his great tunes called Tell Me a Bedtime Story. So this is the Jerry Gibbs Thrasher Dream Trio. Kenny Barron on piano, Ron Carter on bass, and Jerry Gibbs on drums. 
some very fine music by the Thrasher Dream Trio, led by drummer Jerry Gibbs. And uh, Kenny Barron at the piano, and the great Ron Carter on bass, and of course Jerry Gibbs on drums. And we heard three tunes uh, from this uh, very fine recently released album. We opened with a Thelonious Monk tune, actually written by Thelonious Monk and drummer Kenny Clark. The tune was called Epistrophe, and then uh, a Burt Bacharach tune called Promises, Promises, and the third tune was Tell Me a Bedtime Story, written by Herbie Hancock, and that's from their uh, album the called simply Jerry Gibbs Thrasher Dream Trio. Mm-hmm. All right, we're going to close the evening with um, a performance that's not um, particularly well recorded, but the music is great. It was um, actually not a professional recording done at the Village Gate, and um, it features, first of all, on solo piano, Thelonious Monk, and he's going to play for you body and soul. Then we go into an incredible version of, uh, with the full quartet of Rhythmining, one of Monk's uh, great tunes written on the uh, chord progressions of I Got Rhythm. And the people involved in the quartet, of course, Charlie Rouse on tenor saxophone, Smokin', and Thelonious, of course, on piano, and on bass, Butch Warren, and some amazing drumming by my one of my favorite Monk drummers. I loved Art Blakey's work with Monk, but I love Frankie Dunlop, and uh, the drummer here is Frankie Dunlop. This was recorded in uh, 1963 at uh, the Village Gate in New York City, and it will uh, conclude this evening's show. So I hope you enjoy Body and Soul first, and then Rhythmining, Thelonious Spear Monk.
Well, <laughs> it seemed the, uh, the CD got a little stuck there, and we, we're, we're going to have to uh, um, eliminate uh, that, unfortunately. But I, I've got a, a better recorded version uh, that we'll do some other time. It's great. So, uh, unfor uh, unfortunately, uh, we, have to, uh, we have to cut that one short. <laughs> Uh, these things happen with, uh, with CDs. They're very unpredictable sometimes. But uh, here's something um, hopefully will work all the way through and something a little different to close our show. Um, and we'll get back to that uh, Thelonious Monk performance some other time. As, as I said, I have a better, uh, a better version that, uh, of it that won't, uh, that won't skip. This is... Hubert Laws, Chick Corea, and Hosiah Taylor. There's only three, and this is a composition for flute, bassoon, and piano by Chick Corea. And uh, Hubert Laws on flute, Hosiah Taylor on bassoon, and, of course, Chick Corea at the piano. So I hope you enjoy this piece of music. This is uh, quite different, and it's a lot of fun to listen to. And uh, I hope we can hear the whole thing from beginning to end without a skip. All right, let's give it a shot. Well, not very lucky with that one, I'm afraid. So uh, that's not going to work either. So what we're going to do is say goodnight <laughs> and uh, play you our theme all the way through. Um, despite the introductions or interruptions there, um, that's the way things go sometimes with these uh, CDs. They can be very unpredictable. So therefore, um, we will... Uh, go to other sources uh, eventually, but not tonight. So uh, despite the um, interruptions, we'd like to thank you very much for listening uh, this evening. And uh, we're going to conclude the show with, of course, uh, our great theme song. And uh, on behalf of myself, Gavin Walker, and the jazz show, um, we hope you enjoyed um, most of the music 
that you heard this evening, including the ones <laughs> that, that were interrupted. We'll have to do those two pieces later on uh, on another show uh, with no uh, introduction. Uh, interruptions or skips or all that kind of nonsense that happens on uh, CDs. They can be unpredictable. Anyway, thank you very much for being out there. We'll be back next week with another edition of The Jazz Show on CITR FM 101.9 or on your computer, www.citr.ca. And we'll see you in seven days' time. Take care. (laughs) Bye-bye.